Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. I want to speak to you tonight from Mark chapter 5. And uh, it, it's about the story of the demon-possessed man. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on. Jesus has just gotten out of the boat. And the story says that there's this guy that's in this place that's living in the tombs. He's living in the place of the dead. And, and it says that he, he's just, at nighttime, he's crying out. He's in pain. He's in agony. The Bible says that he's cutting himself. Now, when people cut themselves, it's because there's a pain on the inside that they just want relief from. And they think that if I can just cut myself on the outside, maybe or maybe they're hitting themselves, whatever it is. If I can just do something on the outside, it might relieve the pain on the inside. So he's chained. He's a guy that feels like he's got no hope. People have put him out where, with the dead because he's too hard to live with in the city. So they think, man, I'll put him out there and we'll just get rid of the problem. But there's someone coming to him that's more powerful than the demon that's given him a hard time, that's stronger than that which is keeping him trained up. And his name was Jesus, and Jesus is coming. And and when Jesus turns up, the story says that this man runs, and he falls down on his knees, and he says, What have you got to do with me, Jesus, son of the high God? For I know who you are. And if you read the story at this moment, they say to him, say, what? Don't torture us. Let us go into those pigs. And Jesus says, okay, go into the pigs. And, and before he says that, he says, who are you? And he says, we are legion, for we are many. Now, if I was there, I'd be scared. At this moment, if I was one of those disciples with Jesus, I would have heard that and gone, hey, Andrew, Pete, let's go for a walk. It would be a scary moment, but Jesus just says, go into the pigs. They go into the pig. They run into the water and they drown. It says that those who were there and saw it, they raced into town to tell everybody. Everybody in town came racing out to see what had happened. And I want to read you these Bible verses. And the first one is Mark chapter 5, verse 15. It says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Then Mark 5, 18 says, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Mark 5, 19 to 20 says, Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell, the de- tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. See, whatever you're going through tonight, whatever you're struggling with, the answer is an encounter with Jesus. Because in the presence of Jesus, people are set free, people are healed, things are restored, dreams are given. The thing we've been believing for is, is given to us in an encounter with Jesus. That's the answer. So I want to talk to you tonight about what happens in the encounter with Jesus because this story here is an illustration of what takes place in our life. Every single person. Here's what takes place in our life when we have an encounter with Jesus. And the first thing is this. 
he was sitting. I love that thought. If you read it, it says this in, the, in verse 15. It says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. See, before this, he's racing around. He, he can't find peace. He's, he, he's breaking chains. He's crying out. And they get there, and here he is sitting down. And I, I like the picture of here he is sitting down. It's like a picture of intimacy. It's like a picture of relationship. And that's what happens. When we have, a relation, when we have an encounter with Jesus, our relationship with him deepens. It changes. Every single relation, every time we have an encounter with Jesus, our relationship with him changes somehow. When I hang out with my friends, you don't stand around and it's not real formal, is it? You know, you don't stand there. You don't really run around. Well, you might run around and make a bit of noise. But normally when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm sitting down. We're laughing and having fun. And that's what happens with Jesus. When this guy has an encounter with Jesus, he's sitting with him. He's hanging out. And I love the picture. And that's what's going to take place in your life. You can get deeper and deeper in relationship with him. The other picture that you have in this moment is, of course, the, the, the picture of peace. The picture of peace is pretty cool. The man who's in pain, who's hurting, and finally, he's sitting there. For the first time in his life, he's free. Whatever you're going through tonight, whether you're anxious, depressed, whether you feel like your business is going down the tube, maybe it looks like your marriage is falling to pieces. If you have an encounter with Jesus, if you can just connect with him, it'll give you peace. See, the story of Jesus is he always stoops down to our level. He always comes down to where we are. If you have a look at the lady who was caught in adultery, they bring, they bring him, they bring her, sorry, they bring her to Jesus and they throw her down and say, hey, this woman was caught in adultery, what do we do? He should be stoned. She should be stoned. And, and I love the picture of what Jesus does. He doesn't say standing up. He comes down to her level. The Bible says he stoops down and he starts to write on the ground. Because Jesus always comes down to our level. The Bible says in Psalms 18, He lowers the sky. He doesn't expect us to come up to Him. He comes down to our level. He builds relationship with us. He wants us. I love what C.S. Lewis said. We have, a, we have a Christ who stoops to conquer. In our relationship, why don't you... Decide, you know what? I want an encounter with Jesus. I think it's the greatest thing that we have. The greatest privilege we have is that we can have a relationship with God. We can go and hang out with Him anytime we like. Isn't that a great privilege? The Bible says we can go boldly into the throne room of God. I think that's such a great picture. Because in my house, my son, or if we have a daughter, which would be pretty cool. I'm getting ahead of myself, but... Renee is still, don't tell anybody I said this, but Renee is still saying no to another kid, but 
Don't tell her I said that. Leave that. She's not here, I can say that. I think. So, but when you have a son or a daughter, when they come to your house, they don't have to ask permission to open the fridge and see what's inside. They don't need permission to, to come and sit on the chair in the lounge room and watch TV with you. They don't need permission to get in your space. It's just a given. Hey, this is my son. Sometimes he's lying in his bed and I know he's awake because he's made a noise. And I could sit on my lounge chair and I could just sit there and I could wait. But I so want to spend time with him. So I go and pick him up out of his bed and I take him back down. I might be doing a bad thing here and setting up a bad precedent. I'm not sure, but I grab him and I hold him. And I love it when he falls asleep with me. And it sends me to sleep straight away as well. But that's the relationship we have with God. And that relationship deepens and deepens and deepens the more encounters we have with Him. It changes. It changes over and over again. And it it changes the way we see Him. When I was first saved, I saw Him as a judge. Before I became a Christian, I, I saw Him as a mean, mean God. But then, when I had an encounter with Him, I realized, hey, this is a God that loves me. And then as time went on, He's gracious. And he's got great plans for my life. And things go on and on and on. He's faithful. I know he'll answer my prayers. If he gives me a promise, he'll deliver. It just changes over the years. And you could talk to Christians who have been 80 years old and, and they know more about who Jesus is than me because they've had more time in his presence getting to know him. Number two. The second thing is this. He was dressed. It says in the same verse, When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed. In, in Luke, the same story, it says that he hadn't been wearing clothes for some time. Not a great picture if you think about it. But Jesus, after he saves him, covers him. After he has that encounter, he covers him. So that other people can't see his shame and his hurt, he covers him. I will show you an illustration. I got Dylan to lend me his um, origin jersey, his New South Wales origin jersey. Has anyone, boo, boo, has anyone got a lighter? No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) Now, I should be holding this with a pair of tongs. When I see someone wearing this, I feel like I've got to go and get some Dettol or some wet wipes to sort of get rid of the virus. But... Who, who other than Dylan would be willing to wear that for me? Oh, Emma, well done. Chuck that on for me, please. We'll get some Glen 20 to spray you later. All right. All right. So, that's not very nice to wear that, is it? Doesn't feel too good. Best, are you New South Welshman? Now get it off. We need a Queenslander. No. <laughs> oh, that backfired on me. All right. Now, what she really needs to be, she needs to be covered. So please put that jersey on over the top. 
See, for me, it'd be the other way around. For my son, my son would be out if... No, he would never be, but it'd be hard. All right. So, now that she's wearing that, she's covered. The virus is gone. She's, she's been healed. You know, we can't see her issues anymore. Cool. You can sit down. Just leave the jersey on for me. No, you can take them off if you like. See, when Jesus comes into our life, when we have an encounter with him, he covers us. He covers our, our brokenness. He covers our pain. He covers our sin. He comes down and he fixes up in our mess so that people can't see anymore. When you say, who's heard the story of the prodigal son? And we know that he's, he's asked his dad, hey, give me my inheritance. And he goes off. And he goes out and he, and he goes and he spends everything that he has on prostitutes, and other things that he shouldn't be spending it on. And he goes and he, he, he says, man, this is so hard. He goes and starts to live with the pigs. So he'd be dirty. There'd be pig poo on him. There'd be lo- he'd be pretty messed up. And then he goes to himself, you know what? Even the servants in my dad's house have got it better than me. I'll go back and I'll ask my dad if I can be a servant. He goes to his dad. And on the way, his dad looks up and he sees his son coming. And the story says that he races to him puts a garment over him, gives him a ring on his finger and sandals for his feet. What a great picture of of our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven comes and He covers us. And, And with that guy, when He covered him, no longer could anybody see the lifestyle that that man had lived because he had new clothes on. Same things happens with us. Another great picture that I see, and if you have a look here, as soon as Emma put on the Queensland jersey over the top of the New South Wales jersey, we thought different thoughts towards her, didn't we? We saw her in a different light. She was a nicer person all of a sudden. We wanted to spend time with her. We were going to let her watch State of Origin inside the house and not outside. It's the same as this guy who was demon-possessed, all the people came up and they saw him and they looked at him. And here's this guy dressed. There's something different about this guy. They would have saw him in a different light than how they used to see him because Jesus dressed him. He covered him. Someone would have gone, is this the same guy? There's another story where Jesus heals a guy that was born blind. And then he goes, he talks to the Pharisees and and there's this moment where people come up to say, hey, was this the guy that was born blind? And other people say, no, this, no, it just looks like him. Because see, when we have an encounter with Jesus, we look different to how we used to. There's something different about us. When you have a look at Jacob, Jacob had an encounter with God on the side of a bank, and God changed his name to Israel. But before, while he was wrestling with God, God dislocated his, his hip. So for the rest of his life, he had a limp. People saw there was something different about him because he'd been in the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God, we look different. We get changed by him. So good. So good. Number three. Changed the way he thought. It says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been 
possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. When we have an encounter with Jesus, it changes the way we think. I know in my life, I come from a long line of pessimists. My mother was a pessimist. My grandmother was a pessimist. Her father or mother was a pessimist. It just ran down the line. It was funny. Whenever you're around my mum or my grandma, when something bad happens, it was always going to happen. I knew this would happen. When you talk to my grandma, I remember my sister joined the surf lifesaving club. And she was in the surf club. And I remember talking to my grandma on the phone. She's, oh, she'll get eaten by a shark. I remember when I was in primary school and I loved Friday sports day. Friday sports day was my favorite day of the week. And, but if it rained, there was no sports day. And I can remember sitting there and it'd be school and just before we had to go out, it'd start raining outside. I'd go, oh, I knew it. It always rains on a Friday. I knew it. I knew it'd rain. I used to have to do things like if I said something good about the Broncos, I've said, oh, the Broncos are going to win this weekend, had to find wood to touch it. Because if I didn't, they'd lose. Up, oh, touch wood. There we go, they'll still win. And if they lost, oh, I shouldn't have said, you know, I shouldn't have said they were going to win. But when I got saved, Jesus changed the way I thought. I started to have faith that, you know what, God's got great things in store for my life. That what he says about my future is more important than what's going on here. You know, if I get a bad report about something or something doesn't quite work out, I can trust that Jesus will make it work out for my good. It changed the way I thought. There's a story in the Bible that I really like, and it's, it's a story of Peter. And, and Peter, what happened is, the, the, it's, it's in Acts, and the, 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 the New Testament church has just started. And at the moment, it's just pretty much Jews that are getting saved, and and, and people in Israel, and there comes this moment when he's up on a, on a roof, and he's praying, and he's hungry, and he has, a, he, has a, he has a vision of Jesus, and Jesus lowers this blanket down, it's got all this food on it, and at this point, Jews weren't allowed to eat certain foods, like they couldn't eat pig. Now, if you said to me, I want you to convert to Judaism, but you can't eat pig, you're not selling me a good product here. Because I love crackle. And, uh, but he's lowering this blanket down out of the sky. And Jesus says to him, get up and eat. And Jesus says, hey, I can never, I, I, you know, I've never eaten anything unclean my entire life. And Jesus says, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. And then if you read the story, it says in brackets, it says, by this, Jesus declared all foods clean. When you read the story. Now, this would have messed up Peter's thinking. See, he spent his whole life living one way. Now, Jesus is challenging the way he thinks and his customs and his religion and his mindsets. He's just messing it all up. But not just that. At that very moment, there's a knock on the door. And a guy named Cornelius has sent some people to go and see him and say, who was a Gentile? See, a Gentile is, in the Bible is anybody who isn't Jewish. And, and he says, and, and God's given a, a word to him saying, hey, go to get Peter. And so he's gone down and he knocks on the door. These guys knock on the door and says, hey, uh, there's, there's this guy named Cornelius. We want you, Peter, to come with us. And Peter goes, maybe that's what that vision was about. Maybe God's telling me that God wants to save 
Gentiles as well. And that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus challenges our prejudice when we encounter him. He changes our mindsets. He changes our preferences. Lots of things I'd prefer to do. But when Jesus comes in and starts to change my life, I start to go, you know what? I don't, I'm not so worried about what I want to do anymore. I want to do what he wants me to do. When we have an encounter with Jesus, we go from people who are selfish and wanting what we want and, and hungry for the things that we are interested in, and we start to go after the things that God's interested in, which is other people, and not what we want. Because when we get to know Jesus, it changes the way we think. We become bold. We become full of faith. We start to declare our destiny and not our dust. Because our God is powerful, because He comes in. When I have an encounter with Jesus, He changes my thoughts. Let's start having encounters with Jesus so He can change our thoughts. Because that's what we need. The difference between us living a great life and living a mediocre life is our thoughts. Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Let Jesus come in and start to change who we are. When the enemy tells us you're useless and hopeless and you're not worth anything, start to think about yourself the way Jesus thinks about you. Jesus says, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Jesus says, I'm beloved, that I'm adopted as his child, that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. Let's change our thoughts. The next thing, number four, two to go. We go to Mark 5.18, it says this, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. See, when we have an encounter with Jesus, we want to follow him. You know, right now, I love Jesus. When I first got saved, I loved him, but the more encounters I had with him, the more I wanted to spend time with him. Sometimes people go, you know what, I don't feel like I want to hang out with God. But if you go into God's if you go into your room and you start to hang out with you, you start to read your Bible, you start to worship, the, the answer is once you start to have an encounter with Jesus, you want it more. The more we hang out with Him, the more we want Him. The more we feel His presence, the more we want to feel His presence. If you have a look in the Bible, people just follow Jesus. You had a look at, there's, there's Peter and his brother Andrew. And they have a cattle with Jesus on the side of, a, of, the, of the lake. He says, come follow me. So the Bible says they just grabbed their boat and they pulled it up and they stuck it up on the bank and they just followed him. When you read about blind Bartimaeus, Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. After that it says, and he followed Jesus along the road with him. Everywhere you read in the Bible, people just follow Jesus. People flock to him from everywhere. They just chased after him because he kept doing amazing things. He kept healing people, kept giving people dreams, changing their names. He was amazing. I love what David says in Psalm 42, chapter 2. He says this, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? How cool is that? He was so hungry that you just picture him there. He's doing the mundane things of life. And he's got, man, I can't wait till I can get some free time so I can go and spend time with God. 
when can I spend time with God? When can I do it? That was his hunger. It was the followers. I love in this story, if you read the story, Jesus has just prayed for this guy. He set him free. He's sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Then he wants to follow Jesus. He says, he says, hey, let me come with you. But I love the picture. Jesus didn't heal him. He didn't say, you know what, you're healed. I'm going to heal you because I want you to come with me. He just healed him and then he was off. There was no material motive. There was no conditions to it. He just did it for freedom's sake. The Bible says he sets us free for freedom's sake. No strings attached. How can you not love a God like that? How can you not love a person who just goes, you know what, I healed you not for any other reason except I loved you so much. I chose you not because there's anything special about you, but you're special in my eyes. I didn't choose you because I then want to use you to do stuff. He said, no, no, I chose you because I love you. I did this thing in your life. I healed you. I gave you a dream. I gave you a vision. I gave you a plan. Whatever it was, he did it because he loves us, not because we can do something for him. I want to follow someone like that. That's what causes us to fall more in love with God when we realize what he's like, when we realize what Jesus is like. Number five, the last thing is this. We're given purpose. If I could get the band up on stage, please. Mark chapter 5, verse 19 to 20, it says this. Jesus did not let him, didn't let him come, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. The encounter with Jesus gave this man purpose. He gave the encounter with Jesus gave him something to do with his life. Before he encountered Jesus, he was just a guy living in the tomb, bound up by chains cutting himself, possessed by demons. Then he had an encounter with Jesus. He says, hey, I want you to go and tell people about me. That's your purpose. I want you to tell people about God and what he's done for you. So this man walks in the Decapolis. Now, the Decapolis means 10 cities. So he goes to 10 cities. And he starts to tell people, you know what? I was once bound. I had no hope. I was messed up on the inside. But then one day, Jesus stepped into my life. He set me free. And I'm free. I'm healed. I'm whole. He went on a speaking tour. He even printed out his own business cards. No, he didn't really. All right. But if you have a look in the Bible, Jesus, he turns up and he gives people purpose. He comes to Peter and he says to Peter, he says, your name is Simon, but from now on, your name will be Peter and I'll make you a fisher of men. 
He has an encounter with Paul, and Paul takes him from a religious guy who was killing other Christians, taking letters to synagogues, arresting Christians, and taking them back and throwing them in jail. And he went and became the apostle of grace and went around telling people about how cool Jesus was and, and how awesome this thing called grace is. I know in my life, if, I, if you ask me, what, what was the difference between before you knew Jesus and after you knew Jesus? I tell you the fact is I now have purpose. I spent my life thinking, man, what is this all about? What is the reason for me to live? I had someone at one of my schools that I go and hang out with ask me this week, what is my purpose? And I so wanted to tell him about Jesus, but I, I couldn't. I started telling him some generic things. Helping people do better in their own lives. Being others focused. But then I went to Dylan. I said, Dylan, maybe there's an opportunity to start something in the, in the school where you can start to tell people about Jesus because Jesus is the answer for our purpose. Because I can't say it, but maybe you can. In our world, you and I, what we need is an encounter with Jesus. Our theme for this month has been deeper in relationship with Jesus. And the key is we need more and more encounters with Jesus. That's how we become deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And you can see it all through the Bible. People encounter Jesus over and over again, and it changes who they are. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Center's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.